0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today, and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit The Porch Live. Thank you for joining.
1: What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm
2: joined with everyone's favorite country bumpkin, <laughs> Joshua
0: <laughs> Thames. What's up,
2: team? Hey, and Mrs. <laughs> Fort Worth has not made him a country bumpkin, man. Cocoa <laughs> Beach. <laughs> That's more
1: accurate. What am
0: I?
2: Elena Haas, surfer. <laughs>
1: Lady. <laughs> surfing is harder than you think. You grew up surfing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had friends that recently tried to go surfing. And I was like, did you make it up? And like all of them couldn't get up. Yeah. Apparently
2: it's a lot harder than you That's think. It's especially hard in Florida though, because the waves are hardly big enough to.
0: Not in, not in Cocoa Beach.
2: Hmm. Josh, interesting. You have, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, really, real. No,
0: it is pretty south Florida, but Cocoa Beach is actually a surf place. Yeah, Florida.
2: just okay. stick with the cows, buddy. All right, okay. Guys. What are we talking about today? Yes, today we're we're talking about uh, we're going to talk about redefining church. Yep. Yep. We got a, we got a, just this is a quick plug. We got a big thing coming up. It's called Awaken. And we, at Awaken, we're going to talk about redefining church and what all that means. And so got lots of questions around that. Some of you uh, may be excited. Some of you may be like, I don't even know what church, why we need to redefine it. So we're going to jump all the way in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To your point, our theme for Awaken, our conference over Memorial Day weekend is redefining church. And really that is what we tell our volunteers and a vision that we've kept in front of just our ministry and those on our staff and, and all of us that that is, uh, what we want to do for this generation, that the porch every single week, part of, um, conversations like this and just our hope through our entire ministry is that we would be a part of redefining the way this entire generation thinks of church. And,
2: um, so yeah. From the get go, David, that, um, it feels kind of arrogant like there's thousands of years of church being around and so what makes us so convinced that church needs to be refined or we have the right definition well josh it's something called the bible yeah okay <laughs> read it buddy um
1: no i think you're you're right but maybe um here's why we say that like what do you think the average person between the ages of 20 and 35 thinks about when they think of church like not not in Dallas, not here. I mean, the average American yeah. young adult. What what comes to mind?
0: I would say three words come to mind off the top of my head: irrelevant, okay, fake, okay, outdated.
1: Wow, man, harsh. I, I would I would say uh, very similar things. Boring, yeah, I- irrelevant. Being like, I don't know how this actually applies to my life, but if exactly. I want to go to heaven, I have to for some reason come here and mm-hmm. wear um, business casual, and. Oh. Um, and uncomfortable, stuffy, judgmental, hypocritical. Um, you know, what else would you say?
2: Yeah, I, I mine. You, you just said it, but I think a lot of people will go. Oh, it's judgmental, and it's just kind of the place where you go to feel good about yourself. Like, and it, it really doesn't feel relevant for anybody in their twenties. I think it's hard for them to believe that church is relevant, and it just kind of feels like the thing that you do or your grandma did on the holidays. Yeah,
0: and fake like. Everyone who goes there, they act like they have it all together, but at the same time, like they're sinning just like me, yeah. but they act like they're better than me. Yeah. Yeah. And they try to pretend like they have their life together, but then later you'll find out that they didn't and their life is actually complete chaos, but yeah. they're acting like they're someone they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Outdated, meaning like, oh, yeah, the Bible says that you shouldn't have sex before marriage, but like that's just old. Like it doesn't really, that's like, you know, in the old Testament, when they say you shouldn't cut your hair, it's same, same thing. Like we don't have to listen to that stuff anymore. So things like that. I think it just, there's a lot of reasons why they think it's not relevant.
1: Totally. And so our hope is that we would realign by, uh, with what the Bible says church is meant to be, which is not any of the things that we just said. And further. Uh, redefine it in the minds of people to be back to not a place that you go to Mm -hmm. with descriptive adjectives, but the descriptions would, would include it being related to a group of people. And that group of people would not be characterized, characterized, yeah Mm -hmm. would not be um, a group of people whose characteristics were um, seen as hypocritical, judgmental, boring, angry, you know, inauthentic or fake yeah. or religious or stuffy or uh, nerdy or any things that are are not attached to what the Bible says it should be. It should be a place where a people of God come together full of grace, full of truth, where it's um, relevant to their life. It is engaging. People love me right where I'm at. They're warm. They acknowledge their imperfections or they acknowledge their own brokenness. None of us has it all figured out. None of us is a perfect follower of Jesus which is why we need Jesus, a savior. And so we want to redefine in the minds of people where when they, you know, here's the door, here's the steeple, open up and there's the people. They don't think of that type of stuff anymore, but they think of what the Bible describes as church. So that's what we mean by redefining.
0: Yeah, and also that the church can be fun. Like I think a lot of people think, especially young adults can be like, oh, I'm going to become a Christian later in life because I want to have fun in my 20s and 30s. And I don't want to just like, give all that up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my own thing. And then I'll just become a Christian later after I'm like married and have kids and stuff. And I'm get all the fun out of my system. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, we know that that's not true. Like you can have so much fun as a follower of Jesus and your life can be so exciting. And, um, I think a lot of people haven't experienced that and we want to show them that that's true.
1: Totally. Like Ned Flanders. Did you guys watch the Simpsons? No. There's a character in the Simpsons, Ned Flanders. He's like the stereotypical Christian. It's like total nerd total boring, everything that you're describing, everything that is culture's perspective on how Christians are just stuffy and they're not fun and following Jesus is the way to life. So if following him leads to life, it should lead to joy and having fun. Even people, like sometimes people will criticize porch messages because they will, and it's almost always like seminary trolls, I'm going to get an email (laughs) on that, but who are like, man, it's just too many jokes or too much um, laughing. There is not a father on the planet. I know for me, I love hearing the sound of laughter of my kids in the house. And I think it would be crazy to think that God doesn't love hearing the sound of his children laughing. Mm -hmm. Not at at worldly things, but just at laughter. That um, God created all the range of emotions, including uh, humor and fun. And so anyways, that is our our heart is that we want to shape and align with what the Bible says. And um, what's interesting is there has been times in church history where this type of redefining and realigning has happened before. You guys want to hear about one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in the, um, so when the church was launched, there was a, a, the movement of Jesus took off and it was just in a, a group of people. What the church was, was a group of people gathered around that met together and assembled together, come, came together with their lives all around the central message of Jesus and his death, burial and resurrection And the fact that you can know God and have eternal life and have a relationship with God and experience the abundant or an amazing life in this world, as amazing as possible in a world that still has sin a part of it and also eternal life with God forever. And that was the central message and that was what the church came together, a group of people, it wasn't a place you went to, it was a group of people that gathered together around that central message. Mm And as people began to translate the New Testament, which is just the letters of the early church, the apostles, the guys who knew Jesus ran with him, as um, those were assembled together, like all those different letters Paul wrote, like First Peter, Peter wrote, uh, Romans, Acts, all these different things. People began to put those into what we now call the Bible together, and they translated from the original transcripts, which were written in Greek, into other languages. You guys staying with me? Yep. You following me, yep. Elena? You look like you... <laughs> is your thinking cap on right now? Because it doesn't look like it. Um, I'm totally kidding. So when they translated the uh, New Testament into other different languages, at some point, they began to translate the word church, and really the Dark Ages, and wherever they had the word church, with the Greek word was ecclesia, and that literally meant the assembly. The word ecclesia didn't, uh, which is what the where we get the word church or in your Bible, every time you see the word church, if it's written in English, it's originally in the original Greek, that was the word ekklesia, which was just a word for assembly. It didn't even exclusively apply to Christians. It applied to a assembling of people. So there's references in Acts chapter 19, or maybe Acts chapter 17, where um, the city came and they assembled together. In our New Testament, it still says assembly, but that's the same word, ekklesia, church. So anyways, it was just the assembly of Christ's followers. That was the early church. So uh, let me recap. So the word ecclesia was, um is the word that today in English we translate into church, which is not a translation, but a replacement or a substitution of that word. It's not a great translation of the word because church um, cam, comes from a, a German word, kirche, that in the dark ages... Basically, as people were translating the New Testament, every time that the word church was there, they eventually translated it into Kirche, which is not a good translation of Ecclesia. Ecclesia means assembly of the congregation. Kirche was a word in German that meant the house of the Lord. And at some point they began to translate it that there's an argument that they did this intentionally so that it would be like, hey, we want power that the you know, church leadership mm-hmm. not following Jesus wanted to, to maintain some sort of control and power. So you have to come here and be a part of this church in this building. And in order to do that, they translated Kerche church. But for whatever reason, when they did that, all of a sudden synonymous with the word church was house of God, yeah. a place that you went to. Like a building, a building. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so in the 1500s, there was a guy that, uh, lived named William Tyndale. You guys ever heard of William Tyndale? William Tyndale was an English guy who was passionate about getting the hands of the or getting into the hands of common people the Bible for years, like centuries. For the vast majority of human history, or or the vast majority of the church history, tragically, there has been, um, there was a wrong idea that hey, common people can't have Bibles; only the priests should be able to have access to the Word of God, which is nuts. It is nuts, freaking crazy. Yeah. William Tyndale was like, dude, that's crazy. He was a priest. He knew the Bible. And he was like, I want to get the Bible into the hands of people. The Pope at that day said, if you do that, we will kill you. And they had already killed a, a dude earlier named John Huss. It was basically outlawed. What?
0: And dude, <laughs> yeah,
1: they'd already killed a guy, but that it was basically, like, Hey, you cannot do that. Um, only we can have, you know, the words of God. You can't have it. And Winterton was like, you guys are six kinds of crazy. I am going to get the Bible into the hands of people. And he is famous for having a quote where he tells another priest, if God spares my life within a few years, I will cause, or I will have it that a boy who drives the plow out in the field doing far work doing farm work will know more scriptures than you and do than the other priests. Mm. do, And so William Tyndale kind of guy, dude, I know for real, he's bold. He, uh, so he goes on mission. He's like, I'm going to get the Bible in the hands of people and everybody tries to stop him. He travels to Germany because he couldn't do it in England. It was outlawed. He travels to Germany and he begins to spend years and he translates
2: into the English language for the very first time. The Latin Bible. Yeah. And um, he did like a direct, I remember he did a direct translation, right? Like he was going, okay, this word. And then like, there was no, no. Yeah. I mean, he's translating uh, with the manuscripts that he had access to translating
1: into the English language for the very first time, first time he takes those copies. He goes back, he begins to smuggle them in secretly distributing them. And um, eventually he's caught and, uh, and he's burned at the stake. And uh, in his final words, he prays, God, open the eyes of the King of England. What's crazy is within a few years, three years later, God answered that prayer and he opened the eyes of the King of England and he didn't just allow Bibles to be in the hands of people. He funded the translation of the English Bible into the hands of people. But here's where it becomes relevant to redefine a church. One of the greatest sins and errors that William Tyndale had was that every place where the word "ecclesia" was in his translation was there. Every place that there was church, he didn't put church. He put congregation every place inside of his New Testament. So you can read today, like um, I'll read the Tyndale version. You can go look up online. Tyndale version of the Bible is still out there. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus tells Peter um, in today's version, hey, and you are Peter. And I tell you that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's today's modern English Bible. In Tyndale's version, 1526, he said, and I say unto you, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my congregation. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And every place that he saw the word church, he translated it. He was like, that's the wrong translation. People think it's a building. It's a gathering. It's an assembly. And one of the greatest crimes that he was executed for was that the Pope said, you ain't got no right to change those words. You don't have the authority that I have or that the Pope has, papal authority, and that um, you would change it back to congregation. But Tyndale's point was, hey, that's not a building is not what the church is. I'm going to redefine it by realigning to what it was always intended to be, a people, not a place that you went to. And it cost him his life. The, the way the story goes from there is a few years later when the King James Version of the Bible was translated, it was like 50 years later, uh, it wasn't translated congregation. It was translated back to church. And there's a lot of speculation or arguments to be made about like just trying to maintain power that if I can convince you it's a place you go to, not a people that you're a part of then I I would lose power. I'd lose my ability to to have control over your life and as crazy and messed up and manipulative as that is. But point being, he did what we're trying to do today, which is realign in a different context in a different way with him. Back to what the Bible said, the church is the ecclesia, the assembled ones of God Mm -hmm. around the message of Jesus. And we want to do a very similar thing by redefining in the minds of people. The church is not a place you go to. It's a people you're a part of. It's not a dead place, a boring place. It shouldn't be an inauthentic place, a judgmental, hypocritical place. It should be a place that's alive and engaging because the people of God are there. Regardless of what the building looks like, God's people are there. And where His people are, his spirit is, and his spirit brings life everywhere that it is. So
0: so why do you guys think that it's so important to know, for people to know that it's not a place It's a group of people like what's so life changing about that.
1: Yeah, I think that it, um, oh, we should talk about that petition thing that we're doing too. But, um, I think if you think it's a place that you go to and not a people you're part of, you lose sight of the mission. It becomes like, that's church, you know, that's, I keep work at work. I keep church at church versus, oh no, I am the church. Mm -hmm. Right. I am Jesus's body. I am the hope that God is, I'm the hope of the world because I'm a part of the message and messengers of the message of Christ. And, um, and the closest our world is ever going to get to Jesus is me as a part of his body of Christ, as a part of his people, whenever right. they're close to his people, that's the closest they're ever going to get to Jesus. If they think it's at a place, then all of a sudden it becomes like, I go there to it Feels like the country club. Yeah. Get kind good of... vibes or and
0: legalistic. You know, and...
1: Yeah. Deal with, you know, my shame and it kind of feels good. And I go there once a week versus no, I am a movement of mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. I'm on mission. I'm going to take this message and wherever God has me, I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm going to breathe into, if I work at Deloitte, if I work at Starbucks, wherever God has me in my apartment complex, I don't go to the church. I am the church and God has his people and his church right here because he has me.
0: But really though, it's just good to know that like, it just gives your life so much purpose when you know, Hey, I'm. This is my role is like, mm-hmm. I am God's church and I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And like, I have a role in this master plan that God created so many thousands of years ago. And like today in 2020, this is what our role is as Christians. So yeah. I do think it it is very um, inspiring and it's what's not inspiring is thinking that it's a place.
2: Totally. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and now it's not just a me, like I'm a, I am the church, but also those, like you get to be a part of, of the assembly of the people. It's um, because if it's just a place that you go to, uh, you kind of, again, it just like leaves and stays there, but you're like, man, there's others around me that are on mission. And like, and I'm like, I'm a part of like watching the, the school systems that I'm in. I'm going like, Hey, we, well, let's like bring the light of uh, Jesus here. And people begin to like find hope. And so it's just fun to know that you're also a part of something really big and, uh, and others are involved And it. And again, it's not just a country club, but you're going like, man, it is, it is us as a people, all who have trusted Christ and he has a, and he has a mission and a purpose for us. And, and, and it suddenly becomes way different and, and frankly, more fun. Totally. <laughs> so when Jesus said to bring it a uh, full circle and then, um, uh, we should
1: tell them about the petition. Yeah. Um, when Jesus said, Hey, uh, you're Peter and on this rock being the truth and of the message of the gospel, that Jesus is the Christ, the savior. That's what Peter said right before that. Jesus said on the, on the the truth that I am the savior of the world, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or death. That's what Hades is. will not overcome it. The fulfillment of that prophecy is seen in the fact that even we're still here. And here's why it's further important and connected to this idea of church. You can get rid of a building. You can get rid of a place where people go to. You can get rid of a church building. You cannot get rid of the church as long as the people of God are present. Does that make sense? Like a bomb could destroy the building. It can't destroy the people of God as long as they are breathing and alive. And Jesus said, my movement, the people, the assembly of God, I will build my congregation. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And the gates of death will not overcome it. I love this verse because the gates of death have taken down a lot of things. The gates of death have taken down empires. Like, hey, they're no longer around. Mm-hmm. The gates of death have taken down um, people. They've taken down companies. They're, they're taken down, um, you know, it will take down eventually Pepsi. It'll take down Sears or Sears is even still around. The gates of death, things come and they go. And Jesus said, hey, the gates of death are never going to stop this movement that I'm building for the rest of the rest. It is here to stay and nothing will be able to prevent it from happening. And um, so, anyways, all that to say, we are seeking to, you wanna tell them about the petition, Elena? Sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we're doing a petition because we're so serious about um wanting everyone to know that this is not just a building. It's a people of God. And so we started a pe- petition on change.org, but you can uh, find all the information about it on awaken.live. If you go to our website.
1: Yeah. Because the first definition that you see, if you go to Google church definition, Merriam Webster's dictionary.com, it's going to say a building for public or Christian worship, almost every place that you go to do that. And that is not accurate. That's not true. That's not what the church is. So we are petitioning the dictionary change the definition, change the definition that we want to see it back to the people of God or the assembled ones of Christ, the gathering of the body of Jesus. And we want them to change that. So go to live. We have never asked for an offering at the porch. We've never asked for an offering on this. You have never heard me come on here and say, Hey, and if today you want to buy uh, this shirt for 1099 promo code, you can send it in. We've never asked any of that. We would love your help in this. <laughs> yeah. We want to redefine church not just in the dictionary but for this entire generation and as a part of that we're gonna raise awareness and not let culture define what church is anymore so please if you will right now take out your phone if you're listening to this you can as you're listening right now take it out yep i'm not doing it until everybody right now <laughs> he's waiting to you i see <laughs> you sitting in traffic you should probably wait, actually, if you're yeah. driving in the car. <laughs> Awaken.live. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page. You're gonna see. You can click on a link that just says "Sign the Petition." Petition. You don't even have to give your information or anything, just uh, including your name on there and if you'll help us by doing that. Yep. And also help us by living out just what Chris yeah, calls I was gonna us. say
2: even greater. Come come uh we you don't have to be at a be part of the church, but we'd love to have you there because we want we want you to be a part of changing the definition of church for the world to see. And not just in the words that are in a dictionary, but because what it sees it's God's people doing, what it sees the church of God doing. And so come be more than anything, the words in a dictionary do matter, but not as much as you and I living out what God calls us to do as the church. Let's go. Come on And
0: we have a special promo code for all the listeners of this no promo codes
2: oh (laughs) sign up for Awaken
0: yeah yeah got it no we we said we don't ask for (laughs) offerings for things this is not we're actually giving them a code so yeah for anyone listening to this podcast if you use the promo code that says just podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can get 20% off just for listening to this so You can go and sign up and use that promo code at Awaken.Live as well.
1: Boom. And that is not like, because we just joked about promo codes. That's not us trying to sell something. It's us giving you a discount just to be a part of it. And even more importantly, man, sign the petition. We hope to see you there. We hope that you will join us wherever God has you in helping redefine church for this generation. I think that's it. That's it. All right. We will see you next time on another episode of Views from the Porch.